When it comes to security, one of the most iconic images in our pop culture is Linus and his security blanket. But as Christians, though, we are sometimes we have something far more secure than a blanket. Well, welcome to the Bible Studies for Life adult podcast. This podcast is hosted each week by Chris Johnson and myself, Lynn Pryor. And we're in a second week of a study on putting fear in its place. And what we want to see in this particular session is the security we have because of Christ. And that security should dispel any fear. So, Chris, good to be with you for this podcast. Hey, Lynn, good to talk to you. Uh, Great. This is a great study uh, for us to be talking about in December, looking forward to the celebration of Christmas. And uh, this is a, a, a great verse that we're looking at. And we're delighted to have Brian Gass with us today. Brian is one of our content editors for Bible Studies for Life. Brian, good to see you, man. Hey, great to be here. Thanks, guys, for inviting me into this. Well, I'm glad that you're here with us because, as Chris has pointed out, this is a uh, this is one of those much loved passages among believers as we look into Romans eight. But this issue about security is what we're talking about, and here's the point we're going to focus on in all these passages: because of Christ, nothing, nothing will keep us from God and His work in our lives. So, guys, let me, let's just kind of jump right into this. We're going to start with Romans 8.28, a very familiar, very much loved passage. And with this, we're going to see, as we're talking about this idea of security, God works in all things for our good. Paul wrote these words. We know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. For those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son so that he would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. Now, Chris, Brian, let me, let me go back to verse 28 here. Verse, uh, this Romans 8, 28, much loved passage. As much as this is love, sometimes it gets misused or misapplied. Yeah, I would say so. Uh, One of the things I think people do is they jump ahead to all the good things that are going to come out of a bad situation uh, instead of meeting somebody at their point of pain where they are going through the not necessarily good things. Um, We all know it's going to work together for good later on, but uh, we're not always ready to hear that in the moment. So let me be personal. Um, uh, 16 years ago, uh, my middle son passed away in a car accident. And um, uh, let me just say uh, to everyone who's listening to this, that um, these words uh, are not words of comfort to someone who is going through heartache and grief and tragedy. Um, uh, people mean it for good. <laughs> And, uh, you know, we, we were gracious the few times that we heard it. Uh, but in that in that moment, it was not comforting for someone to try to tell us that, listen, there is a reason, there is a purpose. Um, it, 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 it wasn't the right moment or time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can only imagine the pain there. Well, Brian, you've been through some of this. You have a, you have a son who uh, has had some some challenges. And yeah. um, uh, and you you guys have had to deal with this uh, for all of his life, and um, I'm sure that that um, sometimes people have probably said some things to you that have been a little awkward too. 
Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. I, I can say that it's a whole lot easier to interpret this verse as we look back on our lives from a distance yep. than it is in the moment. Well, and in your instance, you've seen God do some amazing things. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, God has certainly worked all things together for the good of this one who loves God and is the called according to his purpose. And we're very, very thankful for that. But there, there were times in the midst of the struggle where we weren't necessarily ready to hear that. So, Lynn, you mentioned that sometimes we've talked about some of the how it's sometimes misapplied or misinterpreted because of the construct and how it uh, different translations deal with this uh, kind of adds to the the complexity of this. Uh, I use New American Standard forever, and um, New American Standard leads with God is at work, or God causes all things to work together for good. Um, and I don't think it had a, um, I don't think the intent was that, was on the God causes as much it was all, all God is at work in all of these things to bring about good for those who are called according to his purpose. Well, some people will look at this as, well, God causes all bad things to happen in order to bring good out of it. I don't hear that at all. Just how you quoted the verse, God causes all things to work together. Uh, I, I'm of the persuasion that God doesn't cause bad things to happen. But when those bad things happen in my life, if I let him, he will use those to, he, he, he will bring good out of the situation. Yeah. As a pastor, I find myself changing the word causes from people's mouth to the word allows quite a bit. <laughs> and let me tell you guys, one thing that really helped me to get a better grasp of Romans eight twenty eight was to keep it in its context with verse 29. And we deal with this on the personal study guide text, but personal, but verse 29, let me read that again for you, that those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. And I want us to see a connection between that but with verse 28. God works all things for the good of those who love him. What's the good he wants to bring out? To conform us to the image of his son. So even though God doesn't make bad things happen, he's going to, if we let him, he will use those circumstances to grow us, to make us more like Jesus. You know, you know we've laughed about the, the, the old joke about, Lord, give me patience. And what God does is he puts more hardship in our lives because it's through the hardship that we develop that Christ-like patience. Yeah, that's uh, good. Uh, the crucifixion, certainly uh, a great example of something very painful and very bad that God allowed to happen and used uh, for our good. Yeah, I, Glenn, I'm glad you said that. Uh, if we will remember that, that God is at work and his purpose is to conform us to the image of his son, uh, that's a game changer. It, it really is. It was for me when I first, when the, the kind of the lights went on with verse 29 there. By the way, let me point out to one verse, uh, one word that's used here. Uh, this is again in verse 29, where he said, conform to the image of his son so that he could be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Firstborn is one of those words I think we stumble over sometimes. Uh, but let's understand that the word, talking about Jesus, he, that he's the firstborn, doesn't mean he was born first. Uh, the Greek, it's really more uh, in the biblical language. It's really referring to something in sense of prominence or even preeminence, uh, that Jesus is the first and foremost among his brothers and sisters. Good explanation. Uh, theological 
words that, uh, again, in the mix of this, that he foreknew and also predestined are, are words that um, we, we want to encourage those of you who lead groups um, to understand that there has been theological discussion and disagreement about what these words mean uh, that you're not going to solve in your group this week. <laughs> Um, so just understand that those are those are loaded terms and and people come to the their understanding of these verses uh, from different backgrounds. And even even among those of us, those of you who are listening to this podcast, there is probably many of you who are very strong on the free will side. And there's others among you that are very strong on the predestined, the, the, the sovereignty of God's side. The reality is that both those truths are taught in Scripture, that we do have a free, we do have a will, and God is also sovereign. And so there is a, there is a divine tension that is in, uh, in those truths uh, that we just have to learn to accept. And the, the difference between all of us is we all acknowledge there's, God is sovereign. We also all acknowledge that we do have a will where we stumble over is where does the line, where is the, the dividing line between God's sovereignty and God's will? Some people want to put that line more closer to God's sovereignty, others more to God's free, uh, to, to man's free will. But the reality is we just really are not going to be able to answer that. We have it in the last 2000 years, so we're not going to fix it in this podcast. So <laughs> that's true. The other thing is that the, the idea of foreknowledge, um, it, it's hard for us. We're finite. We are limited. And we're talking about God who is infinite, who is not limited, who it's hard for us to get our head around the idea that God knows all things and knows all things past, present, future. Uh, there is nothing in our lives that helps us to understand and to be able to say, oh, yeah, I get that. I, I experienced that in my own life. <laughs> my brain starts hurting after a while if I think too hard on it. Time is a construct made for man, not for God. Uh, but we're it's starting to uh, set up the next sci-fi movie. Good for you. That was powerful stuff here, boys. So the all <laughs> things, um, he's talking about hardship and adversity. And we're going to have those in our lives, and we need to know that the 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 Romans were ex the people in Rome were experiencing those kind of things. I loved what in our advanced study guide uh, the writer said this: If Paul were speaking to us today about our circumstances, maybe he would say, "Hey, this situation you're facing, trust God through it." I know it looks bad, but he doesn't waste anything. He will use whatever situation we're in to make us more like Jesus. Just trust him keep your eyes on him stay focused on his purposes he never let you down i thought that was spectacular let's remember what the point of this study is that because of christ nothing will keep us from god and his work in our lives so so does that mean we missed the point and we got away no 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 <laughs> I'm just reminding us what I want all our teachers and leaders to remember. Let's always keep coming back to the point. Um, because, and, and with this point is we go to verse 31 and to see that no one can condemn us before God. Uh, Paul wrote these words in verse 31. What then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He did not even spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. And how will he not also with him grant us everything? 
Who can bring a charge, an accusation against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is the one who died, but even more has been raised and is also at the right hand of God and intercedes for us. Man, this is good news. If God is for us, who can be against us? It's, I, I don't know. I think sometimes believers lose sight of the fact that God is for us. Yeah, I think we just need to ask ourselves that question every now and then and go ahead and fill in the blanks of all the people who we think have power over us or uh, to make our lives miserable and realize that uh, none of that stuff stands against God's sovereign purposes in our lives. Right. I mean, one of the questions I think worth discussing in our groups is this idea of what are some of the accusations and condemnations that we, we do sometimes face? Now, we can think about from the world, but I think from my own perspective, it's often that more, that inner dialogue in my head. Uh, when it could be certainly Satan just he's wanting to condemn me for for past sins, for things that dredging up memories from my past of the ways that I've blown it. Yeah. So self-condemnation sometimes is the hardest thing to get over. It is. Uh, but it's it, it's so important that we and it may be good for us here to re, to remind those who are listening that Paul begins Romans chapter eight by saying there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Uh, so that it, he, he leads with that. And uh, that's probably a good thing to, to remind, to be reminded of as we look at this passage together. Um, Jesus in that um, John three uh, makes it clear. He didn't come to judge or to condemn uh, in a few weeks. We're going to um, the next quarter. Uh, we'll look at the woman who was caught in the act of adultery. And Jesus said to her, neither do I condemn you. So, um, I think people have in their mind that God is judge and he's harsh and he is condemning. And, and Jesus came to say, you know, that's, he is for you. He's not against you. Yeah. And I run into that as a pastor a lot with people who have had uh, bad relationships with their father. They often interpret uh, the way God chastises them or condemns them through the way that their father did and just getting past that through some of that hurt and everything to see that the, our heavenly father is very different. He is a good, good father. That's right? right. And I love how we, where this passage is taking us because we talked about no one can condemn us, but now we're going to focus on the love of God, that nothing can separate us from God's love for us. What, what great security in that. Paul wrote these words beginning in verse 35, who can separate us from the love of Christ? Can affliction or distress or persecution or famine, nakedness, danger or sword? But as it is written, because of you, we are being put to death all day long. We are counted as sheep to be slaughtered. But no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor heights, nor depth, nor anything else and will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. All right. Do you think he missed anything in there? <laughs> I just picture Paul. I just picture Paul writing this or saying it to this as, as scribe, and he's just getting excited and going faster and faster. You know, nothing can separate us, not height nor death. Or, and he's just he's everything he can think of. There's nothing he can think of or we can that will separate us from God's love. And that's his point. 
we are victorious. Yes, I just love that passage. Um, uh, one of our writers talks about the fact that uh, the word is that in the CSB is translated rulers um, is translated demons in the NIV. So he gets at the whole spiritual warfare dynamic and, and God is, is over all of those things. He is all powerful and nothing, absolutely nothing can separate us from his love. Another thing I uh, highlighted in this passage, I'm not sure if we covered it in the commentary or not, uh, but was verse 37. Very rarely do I appreciate a, a preacher, uh, but I, I still recall one sermon I heard uh, on this phrase, more than conquerors, that it was Hooper Nike, hyper Nike. And he talked about the Nike swoosh and uh, how you can do anything with Nike and all of that. So we are hyper Nikes. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We've, we've packed a lot of content into a short period of time. Um, but I think you can, those of you who are listening, can sense our passion uh, for this passage and the impact that it's had on our lives. Um, there, there is so much meat. There's so much uh, packed into these verses. So we, my hope is that we will have the time and we'll take the time um, as we gather for Bible study to focus in on this and allow God's word to speak uh, to the hearts of those who are in our groups this week. I think it's going to be a potentially a life-changing week as we gather together. Just remember, we're talking about our security in place of fear and that where we're, we're going is because of Christ, nothing will keep us from God and his work for us. Gentlemen, great conversation. Thank you. And I hope that all of you out there have a great conversation with your Bible study groups this week. We will see you next week.